and welcome back to real talk sports with rico today i will be your host guys today we are exclusively talking about the eastern and western conference finals here in the nba it has been pretty uh exciting to say the least here i think a lot of teams that are here right now in this position not a lot of teams or a lot of people actually expected these teams to be here and actually to be making the kind of noise that they're making here so i'll be actually recapping this round leading into game four so i'll be predicting game four as we're now three games into each series going into four i'll also be talking a little bit here about uh, how each team has actually arrived here talking about how i missed the mark on my predictions as well so uh, exclusively here we'll be talking about the nba so before we actually jump into the content let me for first and foremost thank anchor for being our platform let me thank uh the people out there who have actually chimed in on a week-to-week -week basis here to go ahead and help us drive content to the show and just let you know uh, that you actually can see how to find us here on Spotify at the link below. If you're watching here on YouTube, you'll be able to go ahead, excuse me, and press like and subscribe there as you can see the button here to my left. And uh, without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the content and let us start off with the Eastern Conference Finals here, guys. And so, man, it, it has been uh, it's been quite quite a run here, man. I, I mean, we're looking at two teams that, for one, I expected the Celtics to be here. The Heat, not necessarily expecting them to be here in this situation, and the Heat to really to put it in the emphasis here, just like the Lakers. They were actually a play-in team, and they have just epically ran it back, and they have gotten back to the same situation that they were in just a year ago, and they were within a game of actually going to the NBA Finals here. Now, they have the Celtics down three games to O, and just to give you guys a little bit of history here, if you don't know already, uh, any team that has actually gone into uh, a 3-0 hole has not come back here, guys. And as I go through this content, I've actually got some video gameplay here from 2K23. Um, as we go ahead and just talk about, man, just basically the Eastern Conference Finals and kind of uh, jumping into this one. So, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, this has been it's been quite a situation, man, because Look, I picked the Boston Celtics to to make it out of the East. I, I thought that the Boston Celtics, along with Golden State, were just destined to meet again the way that both teams have been playing, especially the last month. But, uh, you know, Boston really, you know, they did everything that they were supposed to do getting out of the first round. They handled the a feisty uh, Philadelphia 76ers team. And I, I had anticipated that the Sixers would fall there. Um, I didn't anticipate that the Sixers would keep it that close and actually make it a series there. Um, but, you know, I got to give James Harden and I got to give Joel Embiid the MVP a credit. I, I always know he will show up, but it was always going to be dependent really on the guard play with Maxie and Harris. And I think that those guys actually maxed out and they did everything that they possibly could do. Just coming up a little bit short against a Boston Celtics team that was just, they shot the lights out. Um, and really, I think everything after uh, one through five for the Celtics played well. And I'm talking about 
uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I'm talking about Derek White. I'm talking about Robert Williams. I'm talking about Grant Williams. Those guys were phenomenal, really, to lead into this series. But thus far, they've ran into what we would call playoff Jimmy. And being a Bulls fan, it just makes me think, man, like it is hard to, to know that we have actually given up such a talented player. I mean, yes, the Bulls gave up uh, Jimmy Butler in the, the Timberwolves deal that basically got them Laurel Marketing, who they've now shipped away, it got them Chris Dunn, who was a talented point guard out of Providence, and it got them Zach Levine, who has been special and it has led to a couple playoff bursts here. <clears throat> they were actually in the playoff situation and lost to these very heats this year. Um, but man, Jimmy Butler has been the heart and soul of the heat. And I, I mean, just to kind of give you a rundown here, I mean, in game one, the heat won 123 to 116 in that one. And you look at what Jimmy Butler was able to do. He scored 35 points in that particular contest. Um, nine of 10 from the free throw line. And, you know, on top of that, he also had seven assists. He only had three turnovers, played 43 minutes. I mean, he was just spectacular, man. And that was just game one, okay? And then going in here and looking at uh, game two, the Heat took care of business here. And this is on the road against the Celtics, 111 to 105 in this one. Uh, in this particular game, Jimmy Butler has 27 points in that one. Uh, three of three from the free throw line, 12 of 25. But more importantly, the Heat would go on a 17 uh, to 0 run. And this is after Grant Williams had really challenged Jimmy Butler. And uh, essentially, he was able to rise to the occasion. And it was almost like poking the bear, so to speak, man. And the Heat actually went into Boston to get a 2-0 series lead here. Um, and then today, the Heat just pretty much demolished the Celtics today uh, in Miami. And they win that one 128-102, to now leading into a game four, which is Tuesday. And yeah, I, I mean, there's really... It's crazy to say this, man, but the Heat have just bullied, and I mean absolutely bullied the Celtics. The Celtics, we knew, struggled um, just from an astronomical standpoint at home. Um, can't really explain why they've struggled so much at home, but the fact that they gave up to the way that they did, uh, I think that that really stung. And both of those first two games, the Heat were actually down in those games, but Boston just really they lost control of the rope in the fourth quarter and the Heat had been a better team in both of those games and you know Jason Tatum he's been great through three quarters but he's really struggled in the fourth quarter today he only had uh, 14 points he did have 10 rebounds today um but, I mean, that's kind of just kind of a microscope of just really what has been going on in this series. I mean, the stars that Boston has had, they've really been diminished in this series. You know, 14 from Tatum. Al Horford only had eight today. You had Marcus Smart had eight. Uh, Derek White had nine. Jalen Brown had 12. They hold Grant Williams to 12. I mean, and look at the the plus minus in the box score, man. And that was, you know, just 
man, a head scratcher. Minus 23 for Tatum, minus 21 for Horford, minus 6 for Smart, uh, minus 12 for Derek White, minus 25 uh, for Jalen Brown. I mean, just so much minuses in the plus minus box here. And, you know, you just you just can't win too many basketball games like that. And then afterwards, you know, when asked, you know, hey, what, what, you know, what is really going on with the Celtics? You know, I get it that the coach kind of took a lot of the blame here, but let's just be honest, man. It, it is, it cannot be placed all on Joe Missoula. I, I'm not sure what has happened to the Celtics, man. They just have not shown up to the fight. And just for them to be down 3-0 in this situation, I thought that, if anything, this would be a seven-game series, especially with how deep that uh, the Celtics are, you know, going against uh, Kevin Love, Butler, Bayou, Gabe Vinson, uh, Matt Struess, uh, Duncan Robinson. Look at, look at this. Duncan Robinson had 22 today, plus six in the plus-minus box score. He also had four assists as well. He's been shooting the ball pretty well. I think he's finally starting to find his stroke there as they started to play him late uh, in the New York series. Then you have Gabe Vincent, man. He's been playing outstanding. He was actually the MVP today. Had 29 points, you know, three assists, only two turnovers, but plus 18 in the box score. Bam Ayabayu has dominated Al Horford. And I think the one thing that Bam has done well is he's actually been aggressive, uh, which is the one thing that I think kind of hurt them the last time Miami was actually in this position was just Bam was not aggressive enough. And because of that, they became one-dimensional. But he's been excellent this series. Uh, he had 13, 4, 5. He did have uh, six boards and the block there as well. Only three turnovers. Jimmy Butler only needed 16 in this one, plus 24, but he had eight rebounds, six assists, really kind of setting or setting the table there. You had Caleb Martins playing very well, had 18 points for him. Kyle Lowry just seven today, but he was phenomenal in game one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just really the contributions that have really happened for the Miami Heat throughout this series and really throughout their playoff run, man. It's just that they've been getting not only Jimmy Buckets showing up here, but they've been getting some spectacular run here from all their uh, undrafted players, man. And so, you know, with that being said, man, I, I think that going into game four, I, I think that this is essentially it. Um, you know, I don't, even if Boston were able to find another win in this one uh i just don't think that miami is going to lose this series uh, I, I don't think history is going to go against them here i mean defensively looking at this thing i mean boston shot 26 percent from the three-point land i think they were right around 40 percent as a team i uh, really struggled there uh the turnover battle they're losing that as well 10 to 15 today um, field goal percentage, they only shot 39%. Miami shot over 50% from the field. Uh, not going to win a lot of games there. And just a tough outing for the Celtics, man. Just looking at this thing, I mean, there's so many so many head-scratching moments, man, in, in this series. But, you know, you got to give kudos to Miami and their, their winning culture, the way that they've been able to go ahead and just put this thing together. Um, you know, kudos to Jimmy Butler. I wish he was still a Chicago Bull, man. But I think that this series, 
I think this series is all but over, guys. I, I really do. Um, I think that we're looking at Miami heading back to the finals. And how about the fact that essentially Miami was these are the la- the same four teams I think that were in the the finals uh, on the Eastern and Western Conference finals for uh, during the bubble year too as well. And I think that it's it's funny that it's actually turning into the opposite now uh, of each one. You know, I think that. Um, well, actually, Miami won in, in the bubble, so they won in the bubble, but Denver lost in the bubble. But I think Denver's headed to uh, their first finals appearance as well. But, you know, just some of the stat lines from the series before we move on to the Western Conference finals, man. I talked about that game one performance here. Uh, 35, 5, and 7, and 6 steals for Jimmy Butler there. He was the first player since Gary Payton to reach those numbers in a playoff game. Um a little bit here about Bam Adebayo, who had the 20 points there in their first game, 28 and five, fifth all-time in 20-point playoff games by a Heat there. So that was pretty phenomenal for him. Um, going back to the Boston Celtics and the way that they were able to close out the 76ers, uh, Tatum had 51 in that one. The most points without a turnover in a playoff game in NBA history, 51 and zero. That was pretty impressive there uh, for Jason Tatum, man. So, and, uh, you know, that, that shows why he's one of the best in the world. So, with that being said, we'll move over now to the Western Conference Finals here, guys. And so, let us go ahead and we will queue up Cliff here for that as we go to the Western Conference Finals. And so, in the West, man, um, you know, coming into this thing, I thought that Golden State was going to be able to to take care of business here. Um, I thought that Golden State would be in this situation in the uh, in the or Western Conference Finals against Denver. I thought that ultimately they could be the team to beat Denver. I thought that Golden State would be able to outrun the Lakers. And going into this thing, I thought that the Lakers had the easiest path because of what was going on with Memphis, the John Morant situation. They had no height, obviously, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James and his clutch uh, performances you knew were going to carry them there. Um, And then on top of that, man, you know, going into the Golden State series, if there was going to be a weakness there, it would be the height. And that was what the Lakers were able to attack they were able to withstand the shooting that came with Golden State, even though I could say that this was probably the most inconsistent shooting that I've seen out of Golden State. Um, You know, Jordan Poole was just anemic. You know, you couldn't find him on a milk carton at this point uh, in that second round. Klay Thompson was very up and down, probably the worst I've probably seen him play in a playoff series, even though he was still scoring the basketball, but it wasn't as efficient there. And the fact that, you know, your habits eventually catch up to you. And that was really the the tough part about Golden State is that they had the best home record, but they had the, the worst road record. And I was banking on the fact that they could win one in L.A., uh, obviously, LA had not been beaten uh, at all um, during you know their playoff run thus far, leading into the Western Conference. And you know, like I said, you put into the fact that 
You have LeBron James on that team. I don't trust Anthony Davis in the inconsistency, but I do trust LeBron James in the clutch moment. And so I think about um, I think about a couple seasons back when Dwayne Wade was actually still playing in the NBA and he was playing with the Chicago Bulls. And the one thing he told Jimmy Butler, who was a part of that team with Rajon Rondo, was just, just get me to, to June may june july and i'll do the rest and i think that that's kind of where lebron is in his career and i think that that's why the lakers have been able to make a substantial push here thus far is because they've changed the roster here to actually take some pressure off of lebron and get him into those critical moments to where he can be lebron and he can play in a little bit of a spurt um so with that being said that has been able to get them past memphis and get them past Golden State. I had Golden State. I was wrong. And so kudos to the Lakers. Now, moving into the Western Conference Finals here, uh, they're down three games to O. The Lakers are. They have been manhandled in every way possible in this one. And when asked about this series going into it, I honestly was saying to myself, well, I don't know who could win this series. You know, I like Denver, but I was very hesitant to say that Denver would win it hands down just because I never want to go ahead and doubt LeBron, especially when he gets into these situations. Uh, I know that it's tough to eliminate LeBron teams as they get uh, up there in stages. And, you know, to be honest with you, the Lakers have they they've risen to the occasion. You know, the guys like Rudy Hachimura has played well. D'Angelo Russell had carried them thus far. Um, they got some good uh, uh, contributions from Vanderbilt, who played excellent defense, I think, when Clay and Steph Curry made it tough for them. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously had the up and downs with Anthony Davis, but the, the ups were incredible for Anthony Davis with the rebounding, the block shots, and things like that. But with Denver, you knew that this was going to be tougher for the Lakers because, number one, with with the Joker, okay, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye if the Joker would have won an MVP this year, okay? Because I think he honestly could have been an MVP. I, I thought that Joel Embiid would, may have been the MVP last year. He was probably an MVP this year. I, I wish there could be a co-MVP because they were both MVPs, honestly speaking, because I think the MVP comes down to the fact that when you're on the floor, how much do you affect winning? And both players definitely affect winning. Um, you know, you take the Joker away from Denver, it's not the same team. And it's really showing with how good he is for Denver. I mean, he is just, he, he, okay, first of all, I knew he was going to give Anthony Davis work. Because for the first time in this playoffs, he was going to be able to attack Anthony Davis at the rim. He can attack him from the elbow of the floor. Okay. He also can shoot three pointers. He also can handle the ball and he passes well. So you knew that that was going to tie up Anthony Davis. So for the first time in the series, you knew that Anthony Davis was going to have to play both ends of the floor. Okay. Now, the one thing with Anthony Davis, if you've been following the Lakers here in their playoff series, is he's been up and down. 
So he's had like either odd games I think he's played terrible in and the even games he's played well. I'm not sure. I got to go back and look at that. But he's been up and down. All right. And that's the key to that. So totally new roster with the Lakers. Revamped. Get it. You know, but you have a Denver squad that it's not like they're they're new to the party. Okay. They did add a little bit more with uh, Claudwell Pope. They have Bruce Brown over there. Um, They do have Thomas Bryant, a former Laker and wizard over there. They got DeAndre Jordan. So I like the height. Jeff Green, who's been around the league, been in some NBA finals, played in some big moments. You have him coming off the bench. Um, And you have Jamal Murray, who's actually starting to play a lot like he was in the 2020 bubble here. And Denver's just been around for a while and the one thing that I love about Denver comparatively speaking okay to the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors is this Memphis had the John Morant situation right and the the whole situation that he had off the court and that drama okay and the stuff that was going on with the people and the entourage and all that stuff like that Golden State had this situation with Draymond and Jordan Poole that kind of hung over the season. With Denver, they had absolutely no drama. They had no situation in this. And all they did was just play basketball. And they've been ready for this moment. And it was tough to pick Denver because Denver had never, ever, ever beaten the Lakers in this moment. And they have crushed the Lakers. Starting with game one, 132 to 126 the one thing that I circled here which I thought that the Lakers may be in trouble after this one Anthony Davis had 40 points in this one he had 40 points he was 14 of 23 and he was 11 of 11 from the free throw line okay that probably was one of his best games in the playoffs and he also had 10 rebounds he had three assists he had a monster game just absolute monster game. LeBron had 26. Um, he also had 12 rebounds and nine assists. You had Rudy Hachimura had 17 points. Austin Reeves, who's been playing exceptional, had 23 as well. On the other hand, you had um, you had the Joker had 34. You had Jamal Murray who had 31. And not only did the Joker have 34, he had 14 assists and he had 21 rebounds. You had Michael Porter Jr., 15 points, 12 from Aaron Gordon, 21 from KCP, 16 from Bruce Brown coming off the bench, and three from Draft Green. Okay. Anthony Davis had the game of his life. The Joker can score more than he than he's led on to because he doesn't actively hunt shots. He actually gets activated by finding other guys. As he finds other guys, then it's almost like it takes his team to a whole nother level, okay? Because those guys are more in tune on the defensive end. They're more willing to cut. They're more active. It's, it's almost like you're you're basically energizing your teammates, man, to, to, to play a little bit more harder because they know that they are going to get some great looks playing off of you. And thus, you know that you can get any look that you want to. 
And the one thing that I can say about the Joker, man, he was 12 of 17. He was very efficient. But look at this. He was three of three from the three-point line, and he only missed the free throw. So that goes into the to, to what I was talking about. He was able to take Anthony Davis on the box. He was able to take Anthony Davis out to the three-point line. Um, they couldn't front him. It's not like a zone could work because the shooters around him were knocking down shots, right? And you're thinking to yourself, okay, even though it was 132 to 126, the only reason it got that close is because the Lakers outscored the Nuggets 34 to 26 there. And a lot was being made about Rudy Hachimura playing the Joker and the fact that the Joker only had like four points on him or something like that. And that obviously was going to be a game two adjustment. Fair enough. You could say, all right, fine. As long as the Lakers pull out one, they still got a chance in the series. Looking at game two, this is what happened here. 103 to 108, a little bit closer in this one. The Lakers were up for the vast majority of the game. However, in this one, Anthony Davis had a poor game, okay? He only, he shot 4-15. He was one of three from the three-point land. He had 18 points, but most of that came on the free throw line where he was 9 of 11. He also had 14 rebounds as well, minus 10 in the box score. LeBron had 22, much like he did in game one. He also had 10 assists and nine rebounds, so almost a triple-double. Rudy Hachimura had 17 in the first game, 21 in the next one. Um, D'Angelo Russell, 10, so he played a little bit better than he did in game one. You had 22 from Austin Reeves, so he was even with what he did in game one. Schroeder had four, Walker two. Looking at Denver, Gordon had 10, pretty much even with what he had in game one. 16 from Porter, 23 from the Joker. You had 37 from Murray. You had KCP, who had 8 and 12 from Bruce Bowen, 2 from Jeff Green. Now, the Joker only had 23 in this one. He still had 12 assists, and he still had 17 rebounds. And the thing about this is he shot 9 of 21. He was 0 of 3 from the three-point land, but 5 of 6 in this one. Still a plus 7. Okay, so he still goes out and gets a triple-double. Anthony Davis plays his worst, and you lose. All right. And not only that, the Nuggets played even kill with what they did in game one. The others played well. Like the Lakers have no answer for Michael Porter Jr., all right, who's clearly gotten better um, and gotten over his back injuries here, where a lot of teams were scared away. He's been able to knock down a lot of three point shots. Jamal Murray with his 37 points beautiful 37. It reminded me a lot of what he was able to do in the bubble. His confidence is high. And if you're looking at Sacramento and you're a De'Aaron uh, Fox fan, this is essentially what De'Aaron Fox will turn into. You notice that De'Aaron Fox led the league in clutch or he won the clutch award. That's what Jamal Murray is. He's a clutch shooter. A lot of the shots that he makes looks so pretty because he has guys hanging off of him. He's shooting a lot of one-legged jump shots. He's got a lot of body contact. And the defense, honestly speaking, is terrific defense. The hand is there. It's in his face. And he is just knocking down shots. And that's what he has practiced all his life to get to this point. And that is what really makes Jamal Murray Jamal Murray. So I'm saying to myself, okay, okay, 
The Joker didn't play well. Jamal Murray steps up in this one, and he's playing like that. The Lakers drop two in Denver. I'm just like, they have no chance. Because now I'm saying to myself, okay, you drop two there. If Denver comes in and gets a win on your home court, which I think that they could, if any team could, it would be Denver. Because why? I just talked about how they've had no drama. They've actually been the most consistent team in the NBA when it comes to playing both home and away. And what happened? They were able to come into game three. They were able to silence the Lakers faithful and they won handedly 119 to 108 in this one, setting up a Monday contest. And when you look at the box score in this one, once again, Jamal Murray was phenomenal. I mean, he scored, he scored effortlessly and scored 37 yet again, had six assists to go along with a plus 18 plus or minus here. The Joker was in foul trouble, all right, pretty much throughout this contest, still had 24, still had eight assists, and still had six rebounds. This is with Anthony Davis having a 28-point game, an 18-rebound game, and a two-block two block game, excuse me, and he was 11 of 18 from the field. And then you had Austin Reeves with 23, who's been very consistent. LeBron had 23, 12 assists, and seven rebounds as well. Hachimura, 13. And that's about it. Schroeder with five. And so Anthony Davis has played his best. You lost. He played his worst. You lost. And he played a pretty good game. And you lost. The Lakers are going to lose. Because as Anthony Davis goes, so do the Lakers. As much respect as we give LeBron James, and yes, he'll be up there with the greatest of all times. I get it. But the team is constructed now to really run off of Anthony Davis. And as Anthony Davis is out there, guys, you know, you're running into a situation where, um, you know, Anthony Davis, essentially, he's that guy. You know, if, if Anthony Davis is doing well, the team seems to be doing well. Um, and with this situation, he has just been dominated in his matchup. He really has no answer for the Joker. He can't guard him like that one-on-one. He's worn him down. And the zone doesn't work because you have Jamal Murray out there making every shot possible. He's making three-point shots. He's getting to the, to the basket. He's shooting mid-range jumpers. There's been no answer for him. And then even when you do help off of either or, you're leaving gap space for Claudwell Pope, who has shot the ball very well. You look at um, Michael Porter Jr. He's getting shots, and he's also getting shots in the fast break game. And Denver has not even had to utilize some of the size that they have. If you're looking at the clip here that I'm playing the NBA 2K23, if you're watching the podcast here, they do have Thomas Bryant out there as well, a former Laker who can actually come on and, and get some added size if Denver gets into some trouble. They still have DeAndre Jordan as well that they can throw out there. So the height and then also to the shooting has really taken down the Lakers. And I think that this is going to be a tough offseason for the Lakers because I don't expect them to win game four. And even if they do win game four, I think that the series is certainly over uh, going back to Denver. I think that, uh, you know, the Lakers are not going to be in a situation where they're going to sneak up on people next season. 
much like they did this year. And I still think that they honestly are going to have to think twice now about the Anthony Davis situation. I think that they're going to have to think, you know, is Anthony Davis a guy that you're going to have to stick with long term? Because I'm not sure he can actually put a franchise on his back and take you to the promised land here. Um, in any case, you know, it's it's. It's interesting to me that Denver is going to break through here and I think get to their first NBA Finals. I think Jimmy Butler is well-deserving of getting to his second NBA Finals. And the question is, when these two teams meet, is this going to be Jimmy Butler finally um, just digging in the mud and finally getting an NBA championship? Or is this going to be about just the togetherness? of Denver and just sticking it out and staying with it and not, you know, dismantling the team and really getting the prime help that the Joker needed along with Murray in his prime to get their first ring. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting series coming up, but, you know, I, I expect for Denver to win in the Western Conference Finals. I expect for the Miami Heat to finish out in the Eastern Conference Finals and I think it's going to be a hell of an NBA Finals. I really do. You know, because even though Miami doesn't necessarily have all the height that Denver has, they have the shooting that can match. I think that they have the defenders that are going to wear down the perimeter players of Denver. Um, but, you know, that height, and I think it's going to go back and forth. I think it's going to go down to at least six to seven games in this series, maybe seven. And, um, you know, man, I, I, I don't have any early predictions now, but I think it's going to be a seven game series. Definitely check back with me uh, once both series have played out. And uh, we'll definitely be talking about more so what my predictions are for the NBA finals. But, you know, just a little bit here about Jamal Murray, just some final closing stats, man, with his 37, seven and six. Uh, he joins the Joker as the only Nuggets to reach those numbers in a playoff game. Um, Michael Porter Jr. with his six assists, that was a career high for him. Yeah, Bruce Brown had the 15-5-5, and five, first bench player with 15-5-5 and five in a playoff game and zero turnovers since Andre Iguodala in the 2015 Finals. How about that? And then the Joker with his 24-6-8 and eight, um top two in points rebounds and assists in the playoffs here and speaking of clutch jimmy buckets 27 8 6 and 3 and 2 leading the playoffs in clutch points guys and so with that being said man that is today's podcast man i just want to thank uh spotify uh, slash anchor for being our platform there um you can check us out with the show or if you can, if you're watching on youtube you can click the link below if you're watching us on youtube you can follow us at real talk sports uh, with rico um keep in mind if you are checking out the podcast right now you're looking at actual video clips here from nba 2k23 uh looking at some gameplay here as i actually went over the eastern and western conference finals Make sure you tune into the show, guys, uh, as, again, we'll be talking about the NBA Finals here. And, uh, man, for myself, you know, this is Rico. This is Real Talk Sports, man. Make sure you press like and subscribe, guys. And, man, we will be back. 
for another show. I will see you guys on the next one. Peace.